Well, it's about to get philosophical up in here because we're talking movies. We're talking Soul, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, and Graham Norton. Written by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Kemp Powers, and directed by Pete Doctor. I'm happy to accept this very special award that I requested, and I absolutely deserve it. <laughs> I mean, you can crush a soul. You can't crush a soul here. That's what life on Earth is for. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Today, we're talking about the 2020 Oscar-winning film, Soul, and our resident family man expert, Scott, take it away. <laughs> okay. That, the, the, you're, you're that guy. Family. You're, supposedly, family. in our conversations, I don't have a family. I am like this, like, I've never this... once, uh, I've never <laughs> once said that. You have a kid. Come on. You're like, I know you're not a family guy, but I love this movie because it touches me in my family roots. So You know what? I think you're going to be a little disappointed with this because with this film, like for me, I guess the word I would use is like this film was heavy, right? Okay. Yeah. I, like, I think that's appropriate. I mean, we're talking about like the, the life beyond and the life after and death and jazz which is also very heavy yeah like i, I very much enjoyed the non-denominal after and before life <laughs> but um in terms of like i didn't really laugh much at this one right like there was no like laugh out loud moments for a kid's movie that normally you have with pixar even when they're heavy right i, I would say there's like three or something like that you know what i mean like haha like well you're right not laugh out loud but like chuckle out loud yeah it's like the the old school like if you go shrek right where you have like the joke that's an adult joke the kids think it's funny they laugh but the you know like your quote is 100 percent that right that's right it's like yeah it's like you kind of laugh because you're like yeah it does earth does crush you there but but in terms of everything like that, like it's not, I'll say this, like what Disney has done with Pixar in general and with that studio and making it such a brand, it really does not matter what the context of the film is, how the film does, like just because it has that Pixar logo in front of it, that brand itself will sell a movie. 100%. Yeah, they bought a brand. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, Pixar has a very solid brand that does great work, but you're right. They're like, there's a Disney brand, there's a Pixar brand, and you generally have an idea of what you're getting into when you're getting into a Pixar film. And I would say that Soul is 100% within that brand. Uh, you know, the brand, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, statement. Well, it's the same. Uh, yeah, it's the same as, you know, you, you don't go it's like star wars it's like marvel like what disney's done kind of just cementing their their library and their and their catalog in which it's it's the brand you're going to go watch right it's, it's either it's like the tim disney Bur movie it's, the marvel it's like tim burton has a style you watch a tim burton film and you're gonna get a style you watch a pixar film 
you're going to get a certain style to their filmmaking, uh, including like the, the things they talk about. And especially, I just want to interject just go one ahead. Thing, yeah, go, go, go. There's other fucking directors than Tim Burton. Like you gotta get over okay, Tim even, Burton, even... especially with especially with family movies. Like that's all you go. That's, <laughs> that's your so, fucking go to. That's go-to. my go to family you're like, guy. You're like you're like Tim Burton. Be like, okay, he did the Dumbo movie, but come on, move on. There are, there are <laughs> two directors of outside of the '70s: Tim Burton and Quentin Tarantino. Full stop. <laughs> but continue what you're saying. Oh, I was just going to, but I, the reason I used Tim Burton is he has a very specific style, right? You like, you can watch Dumbo and it's going to be darker than if somebody else did Dumbo. Uh, when we talked about uh, Edward Sitterhands, which if you haven't heard an episode, check it out. Um, you can Or see, Beetlejuice. Or Beetlejuice. You can, you can see all those elements that you can actually even see in Nightmare Before Christmas, even though he didn't direct it. Like that stylistic element is there. Batman going all the way back to Batman and stuff like that, right? So we, I, we I haven't done. I was gonna say we haven't done Batman yet. No, but I mean, the, the, you, you just literally named every Tim Burton movie we had. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, ooh, spoiler, future movie. You should definitely check out all our episodes on Tim Burton. <laughs> so did you? Okay, did you like it? Did you watch it with your kids? I, I'm I'm gonna lean on you a bit. Because like, yeah, like we, this is we not, watched this hold on, one hold on. first. Because this is not the kind of film for someone like me, like a film kind of critic, like film using in air quotes or whatever. Uh, that can like I Again, can't really get into. There's not a, like like there's cinematography, but it's not the same kind of. It's animated cinematography. It's not the same type of cinematography that you're dealing with with like a like a uh, a grip lighting or sorry a gaffer lighting setup or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, give give us your takeaway. You're you're, you're, yeah, you're gonna run we, this show. Oh fuck! Uh, we we watched this when it first came out on Disney Plus when it was released uh, with, with the first lockdown with COVID. As a family, uh, I rewatched it by myself the other day, and I will say it. Yeah, it's it's 100 more enjoyable for me when I watched it with my family than I did the other day watching it by myself. Okay. I found myself just looking at my phone more, <laughs> just waiting for this thing to be over um, the second time around. And like in terms of what this director has done with Pixar itself, like just his contributions to the brand, like if I was to put like his films in order, like from bottom to top, it would be Soul would be the last, Inside Out, that monster ink and up would be number one up is so man i mean i don't know about you but i saw up in the theater and what is it in the first 10 or 15 minutes bawling it's the, it's the my best. fucking eyes out i was like oh my god they died oh my yeah god. like <laughs> i would she died. say she died sorry yes i would say in terms of cinema itself up has the best pre-credit um reel like that's shown before oh, yeah, you're like, right the, that is before pre, the, it's pre-credit it's, isn't it it's, it's pre-title card like the first like before the title card it, it is one of the best if not the best pre-title card thing that 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 has been put to film 
yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to try and debate that and compare it, but definitely an animated film, hundred percent. I will give you. No, no, I'm gonna, film. I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna do everything. All right, well, that that may come back and bite you in the butt later, but that's fine. Um, Name one. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spitball this, but I will definitely make a note of myself to like look that up. Um, but I mean, Peter Doctor is he's the chief, the chief creative director at Pixar, right? So mm-hmm. he's got his fingerprints on a lot of stuff. He, I mean, he's a he, he wrote. It's funny you you listed those films, but like he worked on Monsters Inc. Up Inside Out. He wrote the stories, or he write the enti- wrote the entire screenplays. Like yeah, so I I literally just because you know this is the Chris podcast. Um, so before I named those movies, I said his contributions to the true. Pixar that's brand. True. That's true. That's so true. The, these are the ones he directed and, and had a part in writing. But if you want to rename my my five movies, go right ahead. <laughs> no, we don't need to, we don't need to give Scott any more time. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lead into my quote here because I think it kind of works with what you're talking about. So I got Mark Commode of The Guardian. So The Guardian, like I know you've been picking on me for not supposedly picking like big enough, you know, critics. Is The Guardian big enough? Like, is that big enough for you? Can I can it continue or what? You can this time. Okay, thank you. This time. Thank you. Uh, He says, it's easy to become blase about the visual brilliance, both technical and artistic, of Pixar's output. But Soul is really a a treat for the eyes. And that's that was my feeling. Like, I watched this and I was like, fuck. Like, they do some amazing fucking animation over there. Like, hands down, you know, DreamWorks and stuff like that. Pixar, fuck that. Like, they got it made. But like you... I watched it and I was like, it's good. Like it, it, it is, it is very much solid. Like I, I can't pick it apart in the sense of like, well, there's no parts of it that I'm like, Oh, they're not good, but it's not, I'm not that audience. Like I am not the audience for this film. And like you, I was like half on my phone, half watching, uh, the films. Right. So like I said, visually it's great. They do great work, but Pixar also has a bar where you're almost like, yeah, it's Pixar. It's not like Jojo guy made a film and you're like, holy fuck, that's pretty impressive. You're like, it's fucking Pixar. You expect a certain amount out of Pixar and they delivered. Yeah. Like, I don't think there has been a flop for Pixar. I don't think so. To my, to my, to my general knowledge, like, and that's the thing. Most of the films is just like, some are stronger than the other, but yeah, in terms of enjoyment, they're all, they're all enjoyable movies. I just found this one in terms of the context and the story kind of thing. Like I get what it's supposed to say, but I just thought it was like super, super heavy in terms of like dealing with death and how to deal with death. And so for, for a jazz movie, would you jazz it up a bit? Like, is there a way you would have like punched this sucker up to a bit so that it was a little less, no, well, that's or the same that thing. Like, kind of like, reading, it's the reading about it too. Yeah, it's just the kind of the subject matter itself. But reading about it as well, it's like in reality, he wasn't supposed to be a jazz musician. They just wanted to find um, a profession that the audience themselves could cheer for to him to make back to make it right. He was supposed to be a scientist, I think, in the first draft, but that obviously didn't work out. 
Well, and I think the, 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 the jazz worked because, I mean, they were able to talk about, I mean, you know, uh, the black community has a ton of influence in, in music and, you know, Jews, uh, Jews, sorry, jazz and blues and stuff like that. Uh, so I think jazz was a good way to go because they went with primarily like an all black cast. Right. So it, it fit really well. I think that worked out. It, it, it was well done in that respect. Um, yeah. And this is the first, um, Pixar film with an African-American lead. Really? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. You yeah. can't say princess and the frog. Cause that's Disney. And again, it's different brands. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pixar is its own brand. Uh, how did you like the casting of Jamie Foxx? I, I liked him a lot, but and that's the thing. He didn't he didn't sound like Jamie Foxx to me, right? Like his voice to me is like you hear him talking, you can hear it. I don't and I don't think he was doing any kind of like like inflection or anything like that. Or, or putting yeah, anything on. Right. If and, he wasn't think, he wasn't Django in soul. Django Tarantino direct soul. What? Well, Jamie Foxx is Django. Re- Yes, but you really need to get off your... It's starting to feel like you only know two directors. And you're just going to... And you're so like... It's like, um, oh my God, what's that fucking Trivial Pursuit? It's like, you're 100%. You only know the shit from Tim Burton. You only know the shit from <laughs> Quentin Tenshi. So every episode to make yourself like seem smarter, you're like just throwing those I in there. It's like, or it's Once Upon a Time in Seoul by Sergio Leone. There you go. There you go, All right? <laughs> but yeah, like I, I don't even know what we were talking about anymore because you I was talking up. about Jamie Fox and whether you thought he was well cast. And then I threw yeah, you off, I think off he did mark. well. Yeah, I think he did well. I but, think the whole cast did well. But like do you even think, Tina do you Fey. think that Jamie Fox specifically brought anything to this role, or did he just kind of come across as um, a voice actor? Like it could have been anybody. No, like to me, he is like he's a triple threat, right? Like he is an amazing actor. He's an amazing singer. He well, I mean, his Oscar for Ray showed all of that, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Yeah, like I'm kind of surprised that they didn't put any like in terms of. I know he was the piano player, like that they didn't like allow him kind of to sing a little bit. Yeah, or that, even... that, that actually would have been interesting, right? Like, you know, maybe maybe when he, you know, how he like kind of jams out on the piano and he kind of gets into his space, maybe if he, you know, did a bit of background vocal or maybe he took a bit of a lead vocal or something because Jamie can do it. Like, you've got this yeah. actor that can that can, can pull it off, right? No, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, um, but it could just be a choice too, right? Like, you know, the, because this guy in terms of story... Um, like he was like always a waiting for pony kind of thing. Yeah. And he was always waiting for his one moment, right? Like he was put on this earth to do this. Right. And he was working and trying so hard to get there. Right. Similar to yourself and having this podcast with me. <laughs> I, I, like I can imagine back when you're in the Navy, just thinking like, man, I really wish I could talk through a computer with some guy I, I met <laughs> randomly and just about Tarantino. About like talk, yeah. at, talk at a guy through a computer that I met randomly about Tarantino and Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we talked a bit uh, when we did our Oscar recap and stuff. I mean, this was up against, the, I think the big contender at the time was Wolf Walker. 
Uh, it went on to win three Oscars. Uh, sorry, it won two Oscars. It was nominated for two. Uh, it, but I mean, it won the best animated feature. So, have you? Watched do you want to do that count again? It won two Oscars. It was nominated for three. And Are we good? Go. Okay, did we're you, good now. <laughs> did, you, did you end up watching Wolf Walker? No, I haven't yet. It's on my Apple Plus, like to watch, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I'm so assuming you have. I, I actually haven't, and it's 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 on my list, and I'm specifically going to watch it after watching this because it uses like more of a traditional animation than Pixar uses. Uh, so it'll be interesting to compare them. Uh, and this was Rosner, right? Trent Rosner is the one that did the music. For so this yeah, one? that's what I kind of wanted to talk about. Is like so one of the wins was for original score by Trent Reznor, and he was also nominated, I believe, for Mank in the same Oscar uh, category or sorry, Oscar year. Um, but if for those that don't remember Trent Reznor before he was like this new god of cinema. This is like Nine Inch Nails. I want to fuck you like an animal. Trent Reznor, who is now going to the Oscars twice in one season for fucking film scores. One of them, a children's film being put out by Disney. I think that's interesting. I don't know what to say. I think that's interesting. Well, I think it just goes to show you can't really, you know, judge a book by its cover. Don't put the animal fucker in a box. Don't do yeah. that. Don't do that. And don't, yeah. and don't put baby it, it, it in the corner. It was funny. I, I literally, I just listened to that song like three days ago. What was it? Date night with your wife or what? No, we were watching that Fear Street on Netflix. Oh, that show is and, fucking and, horrible. It's but so horrible. the opening of the first one, of the first one is that song yes. when they're in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm just going to just like pivot for a sec here. So I watched Fear Street because everyone was like, all the critics were like amazed. This is so great. And yada, yada, yada. And sort of like my commentary on Baby Driver that I've thrown in every once in a while. I love music supervision in a film when it's done properly. But if you just fucking ham fist some shit in here, like, you know, what's the 90s fucking Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails. It's the 90s. We're just going to fucking stick a bunch of fucking mu uh, music in here because we clearly have the money to get the fucking publishing rights. Fuck you. You're not doing your fucking music supervision right. Anyway, so back to talking about Soul from 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, you don't even let me interject, eh? I can't, I can't even do a counterpoint no, 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 to no, your yeah. office No, 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 counterpoint. Counterpoint, counterpoint. Hey, man, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. Well, it's I, my I podcast. We can do whatever I want. In terms but. of Fear Street, I... I only watched the first one. We're watching the next two it's tonight, boring. actually. It's boring. It's boring. Fucking shut horrible up, script. Yeah, but you don't like... No, it's like not. It's movies. not even good by horror standpoint. Uh, I I, I enjoyed the first one. Fuck, I can't. It was it was one hundred percent a homage to everything that came there. Scott, it was a homage. How many to... times do I have to tell you? Just being like, hey, I want to do an homage to something, but I'm gonna have a bullshit fucking script. Doesn't make you good just because you watch some stuff and you're like, ah, I mean. The film that I just made, which was an homage to, like, you know, uh, French New Wave and Tarantino, is not fucking winning a bunch of awards just because I'm like, but it's an homage to Tarantino doesn't give but me fucking credibility. what I'm credibility. saying is, when watching it, I can, like, literally, I can, I saw, like, scene to scene, I'm like, ah, oh, this is from, this is his nod to Scream. Yes, yes. This is his nod to this. Like, I could see it right there. And, 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 and that's and they, what made me enjoy it, right? Like, oh, there's the nod to this. And they should have, the and they should have fucking cut about fucking 35 minutes out of it. It was way too dead and way too slow. Anyway, 
We're you about- know what's funny? Yeah, we. You, this will interlude because you're, go, go, you're go, making go, go. comments. Go, 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 go. I want to see you're, segue here. Go. You're making comments about soul. You know when you, like in my head, when you start picturing and you start talking about how you're going to edit, like how this they should yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally picture you as, um, oh my God, what's that? What's that painter's name with the fro? Bill Ross, Bob yes, Ross, Bob Ross, yeah. And, and it's just like the little screen, and it's the movie going, and you're just like, and I would just put a little edit right here, you know. There's no, there's no, there's no little mistakes. Everything's a little happy, and I would just get that right up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Chris, Chris is Bob Ross editing your film. We're just gonna cut like, this and out. We'll, we're and just gonna main character. I'm just gonna cut them out. Um. Anyway, like I mean. Obviously, Soul did it did well at the Oscars. It's got a 95 critic rating. It's got an 88 on the audience for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think like it's got a 150 million dollar budget. It did 119 at the box office. I mean, basically during a pandemic. Uh, do you have any numbers how it's doing on streaming? Because it's a no, because they don't so. really. Yeah, they don't. The only because this one wasn't a premiere access, right? That's right. You could just pay this, the like whatever 11 bucks or oh, whatever the and, five bucks. Yeah. Yeah, so this one, uh, like at the time, they released this one and Mulan. So you got the numbers in terms of Mulan, how many people paid the extra to pay it. But with this one, um, you didn't really see. I'm assuming anybody with it, with that membership, watched it because sure. it is Pixar. It was the new Pixar, right? That was supposed to go in theaters. Yeah, and, and you're right. To get that data, what you would need to do is stagger Mulan with this, right? So you're like, okay, so here where we here's where we were on Monday. We, we released Soul. We saw an uptick of X percentage. We can generally assume that that was attributed to Soul. But because you go release Mulan, you got to get in the door. Then I think you got to pay the like whatever 30 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, kind of, I like, think as an example, Black Widow, right? Yeah. Like, I, th- I believe as an example, um, Mulan, if, and this is off the top of my head because I didn't know you were going to ask me this question, but I think Mulan did about 30, 30 million off of the premiere access which would have give or take been decent in terms of an opening, but yeah, like in terms of black widow, they just released that it made 80 million on the opening weekend and 60 million off of premier access. Yeah. That it's the number one thing it's blown everything away. That's been released. Yeah. And I mean, again, we're kind of segueing a bit here. I mean, black widow, I think we're, we're starting to see, a return to, I mean, it's not billion dollar blockbuster numbers, but we're starting to see people. Can, I mean, it's hard to have blockbuster numbers if you can't fucking literally go to a theater, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I hear you, and but I think what's more impressive is the sixty million on Premier Access. I think now giving and people having that choice is going to make things a lot more interesting in the future, right? Like, do you want to pay the hundred bucks at the theaters? For me, I always, I enjoyed the experience at the theaters, right? But there's some people, like in my case, a family of five, where it was like, I can pay the 30 bucks instead of paying 150 bucks and just watch it at home. Well, and I mean, when we talked about this, when we were talking about, uh, what what was that film that we did for HBO? Show, uh, McCarthy the HBO there. episode. Well, yeah, but we also had the one where we did. Uh, oh, Super Intelligence. Super Intelligence. You don't need to watch that movie in the theater. Like, first off, you don't 
Chris says you don't need to watch that movie. But I mean, if you want to watch that movie, watch it at home. James Bond, I want to watch. Actually, Black Widow, I want to watch in the theater, even though I'm not a Marvel. Like, that's something I want a fucking massive screen. But you're right. What it's done is it now gives people options, right? And some people have super dope home theaters as well, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, this is going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. It was fine. If you've got family and like kids and stuff, you know, spend the money, do the Disney plus watch it at home. Um, if you can watch it in a theater, I think it would look nice on a theater, but like you said, like carting all the children off to the theater at 20 bucks a pop, you got, you're going to be making that cost benefit analysis. Um, I mean, it's Pixar. There's not much you can say. It's not horrible. It's good, but it's Pixar good. So, uh, that's it, man. Like, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I'm not getting any notes from my producer. So unless there's anything else you want to talk about, we've talked about it's Oscars. It's got Jamie Foxx. It's got Tina Fey. It's got Graham Norton, Rachel House, Angela Bassett, who, I mean, she got an Oscar nod from Malcolm X, Boys in the Hood. Uh, and it's got Questlove. It's good. Solid cast. Solid film. Not a lot for me to say. So that's all. That's all I got. I do want to say something. Um, before we and that's we it that's all for here. our show thanks for coming no, no. scott and <laughs> no i do have no, something no, no, no. Tell, I just tell us what say, you gotta say scott um i just want to say thank you to everybody listening this is our 50th episode i did not think we were going to go past 10 to be honest <laughs> but we we've made it to 50 uh and looks like there's no end in sight god fucking help me because i gotta deal with chris but luckily through zoom <laughs> <laughs> hope but the no, pandemic I do, I lasts do, forever yeah i just do want to say thank you for everybody who does take the time to listen who does tell their friends or family members to to give us a try uh we see it we appreciate it and thank you ever so much to another 150 yeah or a million <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if i can deal with you that long man there's only so much talk about fucking tim burton and quentin tarantino i can do <laughs> without uh, actually doing one of their films and you know before scott says it takes us out you know uh yeah thank thanks to all our fans and stuff like that out there uh and remember like theaters are opening up support your local cinema support your big chain but really support those indie cinemas here in kw uh which is kitchen waterloo uh we got the apollo and we have the princess cinema uh our, we're up on their marquee at the princess cinema go check that out if you're down on king street in waterloo uh yeah well it'll, it'll be it'll be off by the time these people listen to it okay scott's right uh check our check check our social media for that uh chris always forgets that we're recording a, a week in advance anyway thanks for listening uh and uh that's it that's all for me till next week and uh you can listen to scott and yeah enjoy and that is our rant for the day please like and subscribe to this podcast you can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. Um, yeah, it's kind of all I have to say. Like, I don't have a lot on this movie. I mean, we're going to be talking about David Lynch. So there's going to be a lot to fucking talk about uh, if anybody's listening to the soundbite after the show. Fucking David Lynch, man. Like, I, 
I still don't feel smart enough to understand what the fuck David Lynch is talking about. So I'll say that for next week. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, to 50, man. To fuck to 50. When I saw that today, I'm like, holy shit. This is going to be our 50th. Yeah, we're almost, we're almost, I think, uh, September 20th, 2021 is our one year anniversary. Happy anniversary, baby. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.